um, Salty Life. And, and, and you, you've seen, you know the company, Salt Life. You know what I'm talking about? And so when you see one of those bumper stickers, it, it's like, okay, I know what this person is about. Or at least you th- they want you to think they're about that. Right? I dive, I fish, I swim, I live near the ocean or the river, and that's defining me. And I hope I don't get in trouble for using that, but we won't, we won't put that online. Yeah, it is, it's different. It's totally different. <clears throat> and so, so I, I get to thinking about, about this series, and I'm, I'm thinking about Salt Life, and I'm seeing these bumper stickers everywhere, and, and I'm thinking, well, yeah, yeah, like I do go to bed many nights without a shower, and my skin feels funny because I got salt all over it. But, but anyway, the, the point is, is that you see it is gross. It's only so many hours in a day you can play or shower. <laughs> you, but here, you guys are digressing. Come back. The, 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 the idea is you see somebody with that bumper sticker on their car, truck, or whatever it may be, you immediately think, okay, so this person does these things. And so I'm thinking about this series, and if you go to this, this next scripture right here, and we, we talked about this when we were doing our, our vision back in January. Matthew 5.13, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be good, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So I'm, I'm thinking about this message, and, and so I'm, I'm in Publix, Go to this, and this is the question we're going to ask ourselves for the next few weeks. How to be salty? And I'm not talking about ocean salty. I'm talking about being the salt of the earth. So I'm in Publix. I'm in line at Publix, which is almost a daily occurrence. So I'm standing there. This guy comes up behind me, tends our church, and he says, and I don't, like I'm facing, and he says, so I, I heard you were a Christian. And I turn around, and I'm like, yeah. And, and I recognized him, didn't know him. And it breaks Rain and I's heart that we can't know all of you, but it's just at that point, we can't know all of you. Um, and forgive us if we don't know your names when we see you. It is what it is. So I, I, I'm like, yeah, we talked for a bit, and I checked out and got in my truck, and I'm driving home. And I'm like, and God just completely wrecked me at that moment. And I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, Jason, would he know that you're a Christian if you weren't a pastor? See, I don't know about you, but I take my walk with the Lord very seriously. I'm, I'm just a real, I'm a real person just like you. And, and so I didn't even come straight home. I kept driving because God was just like downloading and asking me all these questions. And I'm thinking to myself, would someone know that I was a Christian if I didn't speak on some, uh, Sundays? Would someone know that I'm a Christian? And so then it, it reverted and it started doing like this. is how my mind works. My mind works very quickly. And would my wife say that I was a Christian yesterday? Would my kids say that I was a Christian yesterday? Would my coworkers say that I acted like a Christian yesterday? Wow's right. And so I'm just going to share some things over this series that God's doing in my heart. Like, am I operating? Am I making decisions as a Christ follower? Am I... Are my habits conducive to being a Christian? 
Um, am I showing love to my wife? Do my kids know they can come to me at any time with any question? Like, am I, am I really, really being salty? Because in my opinion, it starts with those that know us the best. Right? It's so, so stinking hard. It's easy to act like you're a Christian out in the world, unless somebody cuts you off in traffic, and then it's all. <laughs> but you, you ask your wife or your husband or your kids, hey, you, let them do some personal inventory on you. Be brave enough to ask them, am I really a Christ follower? So I heard you were a Christian. Wrecked me. Completely downed me. I drove all the way to the inlet and back from Publix, past my house, and I'm just, Lord, like this is an unbelievably great question that this guy just asked me. And he was just funning around. Like he was just having a good, hey, because he knew who I was. Hey, I, so I heard you were a Christian. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I got in the car, and I'm just like, oh, boy. I wonder if I weren't a pastor, if he would really know that I were a Christian. Salt of the earth. It's what we are. It's what we're called to be. And so the question that we have to ask ourselves is how to be salty. And if there's areas in our life where we're really not measuring up to what God's calling us to, we can pray about those. And we can get busy working on those. Good? So let's look at Romans. Romans 12, 9-21. It's quite lengthy, but it's worth reading. Romans 12. You have your Bible. I'll give you a second to turn there. I'm a Renaissance man, so I love to hear those pages turning. <laughs> I love it. Romans 12, 9-21. Here we go. You ready? Buckle up. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love, honor in one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful. Do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written... It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. I pray that uh, the residue of the world that we have in us right now would fade away. And we would just be sponges to what your word has to say to us today, Lord. Help us to be better through your word. and Help us to be the salt of the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we go, number one. I'm salty by loving others sincerely. This is an interesting concept. And a couple years ago, we looked at the scripture and we talked about how the world can, can see sincere love. I want to look at it from a totally different perspective. 9 and 10, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Love must be sincere. 
People can tell when your love's not sincere, right? I mean, you, we all know what you're like. We know that. If somebody comes up and tries to sell you something and they tell you they love you, and you're like, okay, well, I love you too. What do you want from me? Love is an action verb, and love acts, right? So, so our actions must be sincere to people with no agenda. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. I grew up in church. And man, I heard preachers preach this passage. You gotta hate evil. And I actually thought that they were talking about I had to hate people that were doing evil things. See, here at Coastline, we say this a lot hate the sin, love the sinner. A good motto for your everyday life. Hate the sin, love the sinner. Right? I hate the sin in my life, but I love me because God first loved me so much He gave His only Son for me. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Every day of our life, every day of our life, we have an opportunity to cling to good stuff. Right? And I'm just walking this out in my own life. Like, I have a decision to make. I'm going to cling to what is good. I'm going to hang on to it. I'm, I am going to grab hold of it. I'm not going to let go of it. I am going to every. I'm going to do my very best to cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. If there was ever two verses that are anti-American culture, it's this. Would you agree? Okay, wait a minute. I'm supposed to put someone else before me. I don't think so. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to actually encourage my coworker that's up for the same promotion that I am? I don't think so. Salty. We're the salt of the earth. Think about that for a second. We are the salt of the earth, and the salt loses its flavor. What good is it except to be thrown out and trampled by men? We're the salt of the earth. In other words, Jesus is telling us right here, here's the deal, guys. The the church, Christianity, is what's going to hold the balance in the earth until I come back. It holds the balance between good and evil. It holds the balance between what people say is right and what we know is really right. It's a huge responsibility that we have that Jesus has left us with. Pretty heavy. It's like, um, what do they call those things that weigh stuff? Like in scale, I know there's scales. There's a, there's a more scientific name for it. We'll go with scales. <laughs> yeah, you had them, you had them, you had to buy one for biology class or something. Anyway, okay. but but you know, so you got the world over here, and you have Chris. What's? Thank you. Triple balance. We do have one educated lady in the house today. <laughs> So you got on the triple balance scale, you have the world over here doing what the world knows to do because the scales are still on their eyes. And you got the salty people over here. And, and, and the, that's the way G, we're trying to create a balance so more people can know Jesus. And we can't just do that on Sunday. We have to do that on Monday. We have to do that on the fishing boat. We have to do that when we're working out. We have to do that at the gas station. We have, that, that's, that's our calling to be salty. It's the blessed hope. It's the hope of our world today. Christianity is the hope of our world. Jesus Christ. 
I'm salty by loving others sincerely. Where's your love at? Number two, I'm salting by others seeing my level of commitment. Romans 12, 11 and 12. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. How do I keep the saltiness radiating off of me because I'm flesh? I'm human. I commit to myself that I'm not going to lose my zeal or fervor for my relationship with God. That's a hard one. Because if you've been walking with the Lord for any amount of time, you, you know that some days you get up and some weeks and sometimes some months and unfortunately maybe turns into a year and you just don't feel God. Right? You're just like, God, where are you at? What's going on in my life right now? And you know I love you and I'm your child, but why don't I, why don't I feel that fervor and that zeal? Well, we get a, we get a, a formula right here So when I don't feel that, I commit myself and people around me see that I'm committed to be joyful in hope. So in no matter what circumstance I'm in, I'm going to be hopeful. Right? No matter what circumstance I'm in. And this is is an awesome thing to get through from your head into your heart. Because some of us are here today and maybe going through some really, really rough times. And there doesn't seem to be any hope. But I'm going to be, not only am I going to have hope on the inside, it's going to be represented by the way I act on the outside. And I'm going to be joyful in my everyday life by hope. But God, meanwhile, remember that? Meanwhile, there was a cloud as small as a fist. Remember that old guy named Elijah? And those, that, that one word right there carried me through last year. I just have to tell you. I'll just be honest with you. That one word got me through the whole year last year because there's some things going on in my life and people I knew I just did not understand. And I read that scripture. Meanwhile, the clouds began to grow. Before the rain came, meanwhile, the cloud, a cloud as small as a hand. And you know, at that moment, Elijah began to hope. There, there, there was hope arising. And and in our life, whenever we're going through things in our own life and we're walking through and you don't see God moving, you don't even understand what's going on in your life, the Bible calls us to be joyful in hope. Maybe not joyful in that circumstance, but joyful in hope. In other words, I know God's got this under control. I can't get my mind around why this is happening, but I'm going to be joyful in hope. Therefore, those around me are going to see what I'm going through, but they're going to see me be joyful, and I'm going to walk with my head held high, knowing I'm a child of God, and Lord, you're going to take care of this. I'm going to keep walking this out, and I'm going to be joyful, and I'm not going to let it steal my joy. I I refuse to let circumstance of this world steal my joy because I have a joy the the Lord gave me. The world didn't give it to me, so the world can't take it away. I'm going to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction when I'm going through these things and things don't seem like they're adding up and working out the way that I think they should. God's in control. He knows the end from the beginning, the beginning to the end, and I'm going to be patient with Him because He knows what's best for me. That's so hard. Are you kidding me right now? Christianity. People think Christianity, the world looks at Christians and says, oh, well, you don't ever go through anything and you, you just float around on clouds. And, and uh, 
the, the best way I know to, to say this is people think that especially about people here in the ministry, right? And so a few weeks ago, I'm getting ready to come to church and put my shoes on and go out in the backyard and step in a big blob of dog poop. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, and a couple days later, somebody had sent me an email saying, what do they say? They said something like, I know, I know you don't have to go through anything, but I'm really struggling right now. As email bags said, you're right. <laughs> Patient in affliction. Now watch this. And faithful in prayer. If I'm going to be salty, I've got to be prayed up. I don't think that there's ever an opportunity that you can miss an opportunity to pray. Pray all the time. Pray when you don't know which way to go. Pray. Pray when things are going on, afflictions happening, and pains happening. Pray. If you're new to this whole gospel, we say this a lot also. If you think that you're not worthy to pray or you think that you've been in some kind of religion that's taught you that only somebody else can pray for you, if you, if you don't know how to pray, just talk to God. If you don't feel like praying, just talk to God. That's true prayer. Before you know it, you're praying. And, and the, the whole idea is, is people around us seeing us as being salty because we're walking this thing out. We're not perfect. We don't have it all figured out, but we're walking it out. And we're fa- the only way you can walk it out is to be faithful in prayer. We, we get a lot better at calling so-and-so and telling them our problems than hitting our knees and saying, God, I need you. I need you to work in this situation. We're a lot better at, at trying to go to the Christian bookstore and buy some kind of book, which they're all, I'm sure they're good. Not all of them, I shouldn't say that. Most of them are good. Instead of just saying, God, I need to press away. I need to push away. I need to be with you, God. I need, I need some answers in this area of my life. Faithful in prayer. Number three, I'm salty by being a friend that I would want to have. <laughs> Pick your feet up. His toes are about to get stomped on. But the good thing is, is I had to write this, so mine got stomped on first. Good? Okay. Merit? Good? Okay, all right. Romans 12, 13 to 15. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. I don't know. Like, if you, you were to research Christianity and go back through the years, I don't know where Christians found the ability to kick other Christians when they're down. Think about this for a second. Think about the last time you heard about someone else who was prominent or supposedly strong in the Lord, and they made a life mistake. And think about the people, and I know it's none of you. I know it's, this is, a, surely it's none of you, but you may run across somebody like this, so we're just going to talk about it just for a second. Think about that person saying something like, well, yeah, I knew something was wrong. Well, if you knew something was wrong, why didn't you take them out for coffee and say, what's wrong? <laughs> See, it, it's honestly, like, not that complicated. 
to be salty to the people that I've got to be a friend. You know, you know the, the type of friend that I really, really want to be outside of my profession? I want to be the type of friend that someone calls when everybody else walks out and I can walk in. The definition of a true friend is one that walks in when everybody else walks out. I want to be a friend that I would want to have. I would want to be a friend where my phone rings at 1 a.m., and that guy's calling me, and I know that at some point I may have to call someone at 1 a.m. Y'all getting this? It's Christianity 101. I know it's not theologically really deep, but I guarantee you it will change the world if we would be salty. I want to be a friend that I would want to have. Practice hospitality. And go to that last verse, verse 15. I want to hone in on that. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. In other words, be happy with those who have a reason to be happy and sit and cry with those who have a reason to cry. Man, I tell you what, you can get as much money as you can make and you can get all the stuff and you can have the house and you can have the boats and you can have all of this. But here's a great thing. When you're a friend of someone that you would want to have, you can wake up every day and look in the mirror and be happy with who you are. Wow. Think like salty. I'm salty. And and again, I, I won't go way into this, but what does salt do? It makes you thirsty. So when I'm a friend without judging someone, without talking bad about them, when they're in need, I just say, hey, you know what? Let me help you with that need. Or when they make a huge life mistake. I'm still there. I don't, I don't dilute the truth of God. And, and most of the time, someone who's in need like that already knows that they've done wrong. They just need somebody to come alongside of them, put an arm around them and say, hey, look, you can make it through this. You can make it through this. We're going to get on the other side of this. In the meantime, I'm just going to help you out. I just want to be here for you. I'll be praying for you. Why don't we, we'll go to lunch a couple times this week. Let's just figure this out together. Salty. At some point, if that person doesn't know Jesus, they're going to look at you and they're going to go, why did you stick with me through all of that hell I was going through? And you can look back at them and say, because Jesus stuck with me through all the hell I was going through. And so it's the least I can do is just to be with you. And I'm going to be happy when you're happy and I'm going to be sad when you're sad. I'm going to, I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to mourn But here's the deal. We're going to do this together along the way. Salty. Salty life. Number four. I'm having more fun than you are, I think. I'm salty by modeling humbleness. Romans 12, 16 through 18. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with the people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. This is hard. This is a hard one right here. A few years back, we looked at this passage, and we I forget the, the illustration that we did, but we walked through it together. And I, I think that, that there is some leeway here, but at the same time, it's Pretty black and white. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. 
Live in harmony with one another. In other words, be at peace with one another. Now, if you keep going to verse 17, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Now, watch this. So, I'm told to live in harmony with one another. And then I get hit with, do not repay anyone evil for evil. How many times has somebody just really done you wrong and you fired right back? Again, this is not for you, evidently. (laughs) You get that hateful email. You get that hateful, degrading email. and, And like every fiber of your being just fires up really quick. And can I tell you, there is a thing in your email, hopefully, that is called a draft. (laughs) Write it. Write that email. Do not send it. Go to draft, go to save, and pull it over, and it's just between you and the Lord. See, don't repay anyone evil for evil. If we're going to be salty, we have to get our temper and our own little hurt feelings under control. And that's so hard, isn't it? Because we're right. And they're wrong. Yeah. We're right and they're wrong, and dead gum, and I'm going to prove it. Just chill out. Harmony. Live in harmony with one another. And then it walks into this part right here. That, um, that's pretty amazing. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Romans chapter 12 is an amazing chapter. It gives us this really cool out right here. Live in harmony. Do what is right in the eyes of everyone, or at least try, in reference to this word. But then these, these four words that are awesome. If it is possible, (laughs) which we could all attest to the fact that it is possible, but not very likely, but the Bible's (laughs) calling us to do this. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, all right, so there's the kicker right there. It all comes back to me. See, I can't treat someone else out of my own spirit because of the way they've treated me. Because I'm responsible for me. They're not. I am responsible. I am going to give an account of me when I stand before God. So if someone does me really, really, really wrong, I got two choices. I can get bitter and angry and fire back and hate them for the rest of my life and just tell everyone else how terrible of a person they are. They stole this money from me or they did this or they lied about me or they did this. Or I could say, you know what? I'm going to give that to God, and it's possible that God's going to relieve me of that bitterness because bitterness is a pill that you swallow hoping it's going to affect someone else while it tears you up on the inside. So now, if it's possible, and Lord, we know all things are possible with you, as as far as it depends on me, I'm going to live at peace with everyone. Now, watch this. It doesn't mean I have to take them to dinner once a month. There are some people you may never get along with, but you don't have to go around talking about them, and you don't have to 
like fear seeing them in public or at the grocery store or at Walmart, right? Because here's the deal. You all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Somebody does something mean to you, and, and you know on the inside that you're upset with them, and you hate, you hate the thought of even seeing them in public because, oh, yeah, you go the other way. If you're at peace with yourself, you can walk right up to that person and say, hey, man, how you doing? Good to see you. Good on you. And go about your day. It's a brilliant way to live. It's salty. Because that person that did you wrong has probably done a hundred other people wrong. And they look at you and they go, wow, that guy was really nice to me. Wow, salt. I wonder if I could be nice. Salty. Being salty in a world that's longing for something different. Longing for something different. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And that depends on you. The peace factor is inside of you. Maybe you're here today and you had a a mom or a dad that did you really wrong and you're not at peace with that. I I just submit to you today, you know what? The past is the past. The future is the future. No longer let that affect how you live your everyday life. Just be at peace with them. doesn't mean that what they did was right. Just be at peace. Be at peace with everyone. And if you have a problem with someone, especially in the body of Christ, then in a godly way, call them up. Say, can I take you to lunch? I want to talk about this. That's peace. Actually, it's called being an adult. Just saying. Some of us still act like we're in grade school. Be at peace. Last thing. How to be salty. I'm salty by being a servant. Romans 12, 19 through 21. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. How am I salty? I'm salty by being a servant. Here's the application on this point right here. I dare you to do this. So many different levels and angles, this is going to catapult you into joy this week. Pick one moment this week that you can serve those that live in your house in a way that would astonish them. Then pick another moment that you can serve someone in the world that would astonish them. Salty. Salty. If you've got a wife that loves coffee and she gets up at the butt crack of dawn, can I say that? It's okay. I'm so sorry. Get up and make her coffee. Right? Get up and make her coffee for her. If you have a husband that likes to sleep in, be quiet while you're sleeping. I don't sleep in, I'm just saying. If, if you have a neighbor who can't get their trash can to the street because they're elderly and you know it's full, go over and grab the trash can and take it to the street for them. 
If you see someone while you're checking the waves and they, they really, they strike up a conversation and say, hey, you know, I've seen you around. Take five minutes and talk with them. Be a servant. The world is looking for people who are doing nice things with no agenda. This is so, so simple. The world's looking for salt. They're looking for flavor because the world, our culture throws so much flavor at us through media and through music or through the malls and through advertisements and supposedly it's flavor, right? Supposedly it's supposed to make make life taste good. In the end, we all know that it's like trying to climb up a spider web. It's You go nowhere. And so there's a lot of people in our world, I want you to hear this, talking about being salty. There's a lot of people in our world that are looking for an answer. They're looking for something completely different and and they've tried everything of this world and it's left them empty and there's a void in their heart and how dare us have the answer and not live a lifestyle that would allow someone to say, why are you so joyful in your pain? Why do you seem to smile a lot? And why did you stop and help me when I was broke down? Why did you let me go ahead of you in the express line at Publix? Why? Like, like simple stuff. Being, being a servant. Just being a servant to the world that we live in. Challenging. Romans 12 is very challenging. It comes out of of leaving bitterness saying, look, let God take care of the people who have done you wrong. And, and meanwhile, while, while you're letting God take care of the serve people around you. Let's go to verse 20 and 21. If, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now, you might read this and go, Lord, you really want me to burn somebody's head off? It's not the context of the Scripture context of this scripture is is that when it would get really cold they would take these iron pots or clay pots they put coal inside of them they carry them on their head back to their house so that then they could warm their house with those coals in other words when you do something good for somebody who did you wrong and with no agenda what you're really doing is you're warming their heart and you're heaping that warmth on them, and at some point they're going to feel ridiculous because you didn't give in to the trick of their hatred. Wow, salty. Salty life. I would make a bumper sticker, but I'd probably get sued. <laughs> Most likely. I'm, I'm, I've got that vein, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. If, if in this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. There's two types of good. And I'd submit to you today, they're both good. There's one type of good that the world offers. It gives you the warm and fuzzies for doing something good for someone. There's another type of good that gives you the warm and fuzzies for doing something something good for somebody but you're doing it because you know what Jesus has done for you and you're doing it hopefully because at some point you want to introduce someone to what Jesus did for you and can do for them you want to talk about being a servant we're about to pray we'll be dismissed
Jesus Christ was the ultimate servant. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, yet to give his, to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus taught us what it, what it was to be a servant. I mean, Jesus, so awesome. Zacchaeus, come down. I got to go to your house today. Pastor Steve did an awesome job last week. He talked about Matthew. talked about how, you know, that was the last person people would think. And here's Jesus being a servant to all of these low-life people that everyone else, all the other rabbis had passed by at this point. And here's Jesus serving them all the way to the point that he washed their feet the night he was about to go through what he already knew what he was going to have to go through. He was a servant. He served humanity by giving himself on the cross. He's a servant. He's going to serve the church. We sing about it today by coming back one day. Yeah. So even so, Lord, come quickly. We, we wait. So if you want to think about being salty, and this is where you go to like another level in your walk with the Lord, it, it stops being introverted and begins to be extroverted. Does that make sense? You know when you hit that level... When you know, you know what, God, put somebody on my heart today that I can serve. Put somebody on my heart that I can give a good word to. Put somebody on my heart that I can pray for. Put somebody on my heart. And no longer, God, am I going to be crying all the time about myself and needing you so much because I'm so, yeah. I'm going to start. I'm going to start walking and living my life in the power and the authority that, that I have in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to share the gospel with someone in my life this week. And I may never even speak a word of the Bible, but because of my actions, I'm going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ by being a servant. And Jesus was that servant so much so He gave His only life so that you and I could be with God forever. Bow your heads all over this place. Father, we love you. We just ask in these last moments that we have together that you pierce each heart with the fact that, that your Son is the way, the truth, and the life. As your heads are bowed, nobody's moving unless you have to. Maybe you're in this place today and you would say, Jason, there's no salt in me because I haven't accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. That's you. And say, I, I'm ready for a change. and I, I need to, I'm ready to put my faith in Jesus. If that's you, at this very, very moment right now, I'm going to pray with you. I want to pray with you. And what a great day. What a great, great day to know Jesus. If that's you, say, I need a change. I want to pray with you. Just slip your hand up real quick. Put it back down. I see your hand. Thanks. Anyone else? I see your hand. I see your hand. That's awesome. Anyone else? I, I, need, I need that salt in my life. If you raised your hand right there where you're sitting, I want to pray with you. Just pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you. Thank you that I'm in this chair today and right now I'm opening my heart. God, and I'm confessing that I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. I believe with all my heart and I'm confessing in my heart. He took my death and sin to the cross. He placed him in the grave and he rose from that grave on the third day. And right now, I receive your love and your grace and your mercy. And in this moment, Lord, I know that I'm being made new. God, when this service is over, give me the boldness to go out to the tent and get a Bible and a devotion. Help me get involved in a life group, Lord, and 
Help me to, to just start walking this path. Thank you, above all, that I am a new creation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you raise your hand, go out to the tent and get a Bible.